0: And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. Always an honor. Today is Wednesday, July the 15th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today, on July 15, 1799, French soldiers in Egypt discovered the Rosetta Stone that proved instrumental in deciphering ancient Egyptian hieroglyphics. Today, in 1870, Georgia became the last Confederate state to be readmitted to the Union. Today, in 1913, Augustus Bacon, a Democrat from Georgia, he became the first person elected to the U.S. Senate under the terms of the recently ratified, at that time, 17th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. What the 17th Amendment was, was a uh, provision that senators would be elected by the state. Prior to that, they had been appointed. Today, in 1976 thirty six hour kidnap ordeal. I remember this well. You will too when I remind you. Twenty six school children and their bus driver and their bus disappeared in Chowchilla, California. They had been abducted, but at first nobody knew where they were. These guys had taken over this school bus, three of them, and they had um, they had kind of an underground cell. It was kind of a as I recall, it was like well, I remember it from <clears throat> the the farm, the ranch, where you'd kind of back into this, you'd cut kind of, kind of a trench into the dirt on a hill, preferably. You could back in there and you could load equipment on the back of a truck and off and, you know, that kind of thing, like a ramp. Or you could build one, but often they just, the, the guys that I grew up around, they would just dig a hole in a, in a hill. Well, it, as I recall, it was kind of something like that. They drove this school bus, these three guys, after they had, had abducted the kids and the and the bus driver and a the bus. They drove the thing down into a uh, kind of a trench like that that was big, and then they somehow covered it up or camouflaged it, and these kids were missing for 36 hours. And it was news all over the country. Obviously, I, I remember it well. But anyway, that happened today. They found them, and none of them were harmed. I mean, all the kids, the driver, everybody was unharmed. Kidnappers were caught, There, as I said, there were three of them, and imprisoned, uh, as they sh- should have been. But that happened today in 1976. Today in 1996, MSNBC, 24-hour, all-news network. It isn't news, it's just propaganda, but they call themselves a the news network. They made their debut on, debut on cable and on the Internet. Today in 2002, John Walker Lynn, he was in America, and he was fighting with the Taliban. In Afghanistan. He got caught. He pleaded guilty in federal court in Alexandria, Virginia to two felonies that spared him a life in prison. Boy, I don't know. Sometimes these <laughs> they make deals with criminals they ought not to make deals with, but we've still got the best legal system in the world, but it's flawed. Today in 2016, Donald Trump chose Indiana Governor Mike Pence. He was an experienced politician, Associated Press says this morning. That's why Trump chose him. I believe that Trump was influenced, whether he knew it or not, by God to choose Mike Pence. He is an experienced politician. He does have connections in Washington, but he also has connections with the Lord. He is a deeply committed Christian. Ten years ago today, Argentina became the first Latin American country to legalize so-called same-sex marriage. Five years ago today, interestingly enough, President Barack Obama got mad. I mean, he was angry. People were questioning him about his um, deal that he had just completed with Iran, the nuclear deal. Even the press they loved the guy. I mean, they're all in on Barack Obama for sure. But even the press was kind of kind of questioning the whole idea. Was I mean, they were saying, Do you think do you really think this is a good deal? And so on. Anyway, he got very upset and he was arguing with his hands flailing in the air and all of that. He said it was a the only alternative, his deal, and it included giving him millions of dollars in cash and a whole bunch of junk. And everybody knew this. And some of the conservatives were saying it out loud at the time. What it did was not protect us from Iran having a nuclear bomb, but it put us on a path to ensure that they would in 10 years. And that was five years ago today. Barack Obama, the community organizer... The state of Mississippi voted recently to retire their current flag. The reason, you can guess, it included an image of the Confederate flag. It had been there for 120 years. When Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves, he's a Republican, he signed the signed the, the agreement into law. The, the, the uh, state legislature had already approved it. He signed it into law, but it also requires the people of the state to approve it. And it will be on the November uh, election, on the ballot this coming November in in Mississippi. But um, when he signed it into law, the, the, the it became news. And the law that he signed, it says that the flag, <clears throat> the new flag of Mississippi cannot have any images or references to the Confederacy and must include the national phrase, In God We Trust. As I said, Mississippi voters will vote. They'll approve that in the November election upcoming. In God We Trust, as you all know and I know, it's been our motto in the United States since 1956. But it's been in use since the 1800s. In God We Trust is not a new idea. The country was built on that idea that we trust in God. Our, our freedoms are given by God, not by government, that our founders established. But anyway, a week after Reeves signed the law and he announced the stipulations for the new flag, the attorney general of the state got a letter from the Satanic Temple. Now, they're very strong in Seattle and Portland and around the nation. But anyway, I mean, very strong, relatively speaking. They're stronger there than other places, but they're, they're gaining membership because I kind of pay attention to them because kids are falling into this and, and it, it breaks my heart. But anyway, they, he got a letter, the, the attorney general. The letter started off by thanking the governor for removing the Confederate emblem. They said that they did not believe in God we trust should be included on the new flag, however, because it didn't represent all the people who lived in the state. They said, the Satanists, I'm quoting them, removing one divisive symbol of exclusion only to replace it with a divisive phrase of exclusion does not eliminate exclusion, but rather moves it from one group to a collection of others. The group went on to say in this letter, that they believed the seven tenets of the satanic temple were more in line with the state's beliefs than the Ten Commandments. And they said if the new flag was going to have a reference to God, then it must also include a reference to Satan. The letter continued. On the other hand, I'm quoting from the letter. On the other hand, we can imagine that there would be some Mississippians who would be a bit put off by the words, In Satan we trust, on the state flag. If you can imagine that, then you might imagine how atheists, Satanists, and other people of non-theistic faiths could feel excluded by the addition of In God We Trust to the state flag. And then the letter said, in conclusion, However, Should the state of Mississippi insist on placing the exclusionary religious phrase on its flag, we do intend to to file suit and seek injunctive relief against this act. Man, oh man. Can you believe in America? They're going to sue the state because they feel excluded because they worship Satan and all these other people worship God. I can only imagine can only imagine how the voters are going to vote on that in Mississippi. If I know Mississippi, I haven't spent a lot of time there, but I'm aware that there are quite a few conservatives and quite a few Christians in Mississippi. I can only imagine how they're going to go out to vote for In God We Trust come November. But that's the spirit of the age in which we live. It's because we've chosen wrong paths. Billy Graham said this more than once in one of his books. But Billy Graham said, to find the right path, we first need to remember why we are on the wrong path. The reason can be put into one word, Billy said. It's sin. One of the crafty tricks that Satan plays is to guide a person safely on the wrong path. When you're, when you're, when your safety and you feel safe is in place and happiness is a priority in your life, you may be on the wrong path and not even know it because Satan provides, this is not quoting Billy Graham, but Satan provides for us when we're on the wrong path to sort of feel good about it. And that's the problem that we have today. And there's a a confusion that just settles into the human mind and human experience, and it can be collective as well in a culture. And that's what we're experiencing today. That's why the Word of God says there is a way that seems right to man, but the the end thereof is death. We are on the wrong path in America today. Not a majority, maybe. We'll find out. It's all going to shake out in November. This is going to be the most consequential, far-reaching, directional election that we've perhaps ever had in this country, but certainly since the Civil War and Lincoln. It's that big a deal. I know there's people out there that earn make a living off politics and every they say every election is the most important ever. And every election is in a, in a nation like us, a republic who practices a form of democracy. It is every election, every vote is important. But I will tell you, we cannot overstate the importance of this upcoming election. It's going to be a red November. It's either going to be red for Trump or it's going to be red for socialism. Because that's how things are shaking out. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that today because... We need to be looking at what's happening in our culture today from a proper perspective, and I I hope I can add to that for you. The Democratic Party is offering America a remade secular socialist country. They're featuring free health care, Medicare for all, free college, free passage across our borders, free jobs, free abortion on demand, an environment free of fossil fuels. That's the new Green Deal, and that's all over the news today free everything for nothing in return it's paid for by taxing the rich because the rich are evil because they've made a lot of money they don't deserve to make a lot of money but which path will america choose in november gary gary you just like trump you know i don't particularly like trump to be honest with you i i wasn't i mean he wasn't the top of my list back when he was elected honestly he wasn't he really got my attention When I saw that he was winning, obviously, I I said, Lord, what are you doing here? And then when I saw that he chose Mike Pence, I knew where Mike Pence was coming from. I don't know him personally, but I know people who do. But the guy is not perfect. We're all flawed, but he loves the Lord. He is deeply committed to God and Scripture. He's a deep-seated Christian. Has he made mistakes over his political career? I'm sure he has. But when Trump chose him, I thought, man, this the Lord is doing something here. But I didn't start out like, well, I'm a Donald Trump fan. But I am now because the alternative is probably going to be Joe Biden unless they figure out a way to ease him out. And it doesn't seem to be happening, but you never know. But I will tell you, this election is a spiritual matter. It's not just a political matter. Jewish, Joel Pollack, he's a senior editor-at-large with Breitbart News. He wrote a book. It was released yesterday. He's not a Christian, but he's become a conservative Jewish kid, guy, smart as a whip. He's written this book, and I've read excerpts of it. I intend to read it. I would suggest that you read it as well. I want to make some references to some of the things that he's saying in the book. I haven't read it. As I said, it was just released yesterday. And I, I'm gonna get a copy and read it just because I want to know what he's saying because he's pretty smart. He's not a messianic Jew as far as I know. I think he but he is a conservative, very conservative. The Times of Israel asked him back in twenty seventeen when he was rising to prominence within the conservative movement. They ask him about they said, how can you be associated with Breitbart News when you're you're a good Jewish boy? He said, and Joel told the Times that at that time, he said back in 2017, he said, when you're brought up to believe that Republicans and conservatives are motivated by racism and greed, to say that you are one of those people was not easy, he said about his transformation. Interestingly enough, the, the, the story is, is rather long in detail, but I'll tell you just in a couple of lines. What happened to him was that he he was raised in a Jewish home that was very liberal, and a lot of Jews are, and I can't figure out why they they should be. I mean, honestly, the Republicans have done more for Israel, you know, than most anybody. I mean, I know in the beginning, America had Democrats that supported, uh, you know, Israel and and the, their state being for Truman, and and so on, but over the years. The left has really become anti-Semitic, really, and anti-Israel. So anyway, all of that has been taking place. And Joel was in one of those families that would have voted, you know, with their hands in the air for Hillary Clinton or whomever, Joe Biden at this point. But through the course of going to secular universities and to, you know, high-end universities, deeply leftist as they all are, he realized the folly and the faults of this leftist socialist ide- ideology, and he tells the story in a different setting, maybe in this book, I don't know, but I know he does it a different book. He tells the story of how the more he questioned in his own mind, I mean, how can this work? He, he became a conservative, so he had a kind of a, wasn't a, a spiritual transformation, but a kind of a an ideological transformation just by looking at the idiocy of the left and so-called progressivism. It isn't progressive at all. It's destructive. So anyway, that's who this guy is. So he said when you're brought up that way, it's kind of hard to become one of them. But in his new book that came out yesterday, it's called Red November. And the book is all about, will the country vote red for Trump? Or will the country vote red for socialism? Because that's what the that's the decision that's going to be made in America. Monday evening, just day before yesterday, Joe Biden held a digital fundraiser with former Obama advisor, senior advisor, Valerie Jarrett. You may remember that name. Valerie Jarrett was either she was a professor at Harvard, she Barack Obama was either her student or they taught together because Barack Obama taught there for a while, including he taught the rules for uh, of Saul Alinsky for revolution or for activists or whatever. And so he and her uh, created a real bond because they shared the same ideology. Barack Obama and Valerie Jarrett. Well, Valerie Jarrett was kind of overseeing and supervising this fundraiser, digital fundraiser that Joe Biden had the other night, Monday night, and it was with 14 very, very wealthy donors. During the session, Biden emphasized the importance. Now, this this isn't, just put the book aside. This isn't in the book. This is me, but he emphasized the importance of women. He said, we've got to take care of women. We've got to help women. We've got to advance women, and he teased the fact that he's going to be announcing soon which woman will be his running mate. And um, in that, he he said we have to remember he said, women hold up half the sky. That's kind of an odd statement, but it's it caught my attention, I'll tell you. Women hold up half the sky is a comment that Mao Tung used to use all the time. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with kids, college, high school, particularly college age kids back in the day, in the late 60s and 70s, when I was a youth pastor. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with the kids sitting there with the little red book. That's what it was called, Bao Se Tung, the little red book. And it had all of his sayings in it. It became so popular, it sold millions, tens of millions of copies all over the world, but especially here in America. Kids were buying that back in the 60s and 70s and reading it. You can still get it at Amazon. It's 8 bucks, $8, and it is red, And it's all about his philosophy. So this comment was one I've discussed with people before, and I knew, I was pretty sure that Mao said it, so I checked it out. He did. Well, Mao initially did advocate for women's rights. They put up these banners that had that slogan on it put up these banners in factories and all over the place where women were in China, women hold up half the sky. Well, he did sort of help women in the beginning to get them to support him and become part of the movement. But he later became infamous by all thinking people, not for women's rights, but he was one of the biggest mass murderers in human history. The fact that Biden would quote him, it just caused me to look a little deeper into that. Anita Dunn, she's a current senior advisor to Joe Biden's campaign. Now, this is just between you and me. This isn't out. I mean, I I don't know. This isn't in that book I was talking about. I don't think. I mean, I don't know. But this is me. But she is a senior advisor to Biden campaign. She's a former White House communications director for Obama, and she and Valerie Jarrett are inseparable friends. They do a lot of stuff together. I remember that Anita Dunn, and I looked it up, and I found the press on it. She, while working in the White House, a reporter asked her, who are your two favorite political philosophers? Anita Dunn, who is the senior advisor to Biden, close friend of Valerie Jarrett, who are locked at the hip with Barack Obama, she said, well, I'm quoting her, Mao is one of the two people I turn to most, along with Mother Teresa. That made a headline. I read the headline last yesterday afternoon. I was just checking it out before I talked about it on the radio. The press was so stunned by it, They said, really, Mao is a big influence in your life? Finally, they kept asking her so often, she finally said, well, I was just joking. Everybody knew she wasn't joking. She had absorbed all of those statements and quotes from Mao. If you open the little red book, as I did this morning, I don't have the book, but I looked at some of the content of it, and remember some of these phrases, as women hold up half the sky... I've had discussions with kids over that who were saying, "Well, I don't I think America's corrupt and I think socialism is a better way." That was 40 years ago. Mao said what one of his quotes is, he said the force at the core leading our cause forward is the Chinese Communist Party. The theoretic theoretical basis guiding our thinking is Marxism and Leninism. In other words, communism is our social platform, our beliefs our beliefs are founded in Marxism-Leninism, which is a stark contrast to biblical principles, Judeo-Christian principles. He also said, if there is to be a revolution, there must be a revolutionary party. Without a revolutionary party, without a, a party built on the Marxist-Leninist revolutionary theorem, quoting Mao, and in the Marxist-Leninist revolutionary style, it's impossible to lead the working class and the broad masses of people in defeating imperialism and its running dogs. <laughs> and on and on. I mean, there's just thousands of quotes like that. That's just a couple of random. Everybody knows that should Joe Biden, and this is not a political statement that I'm making today, it's a spiritual one. Everybody knows that should Joe Biden be elected president of the United States, he will he will be little more than a puppet because he has these very visible difficulties in communicating the Democrats. You might think would have learned that many in middle America, whom they claim to represent after rejecting Hillary Clinton, we don't want to buy this whole idea of socialism, but they don't care. And Biden just wants to be president. He doesn't care what we do. He just wants to be the guy. It's an ego trip for him, in my opinion. But the party has lurched even further to the left. Even Joe Biden has talked about, well, I'm really a moderate. No, he isn't. He's really a captive to the Bernie Sanders, the Ocasio-Cortezes, and all these people who are so far left, they don't even fit the American matrix anymore. But yet, (laughs) Biden is winning in the polls, according to the polls. In this book, Pollock uses examples of Venezuela struggling South Africa and others that have followed this path. Well, we all know where that ended. But do you know that in 2014, young Americans polled, said they didn't trust the government, but believed we needed more, not less of it? But from 2014 to 2019, polls are finding out in 2019 and 2020 that as many as 61% of Americans aged 18 to 24 have a positive reaction to the word socialism, and only 58% have a positive reaction to the word capitalism. In other words, a tipping point has been reached. And these guys are playing to that, and they would dismantle America if given the opportunity. That's what's up at this time. I mentioned yesterday there's a revival starting, a spiritual revival on the beaches of Southern California. This is not the first time Calvary Chapel was born there with Chuck Smith. I knew Chuck. But these guys are out there. They're preaching the gospel, and people are getting saved, and they're baptizing them in the ocean. So keep in mind that everything isn't going to hell in a handbasket, as politically in our country and spiritually. There are these kinds of things happening, and I included this revival on the beach, Huntington Beach, in Southern California. It's happening across the country. Kids are coming out and saying, wait a minute, and they're taking a stand for Jesus Christ and they're taking a stand for biblical truth and biblical values as they relate to the culture. So keep in mind, there is this going on behind the scenes, but the press is not necessarily reporting on it. I have much more to say, but I'm out of time. So that's why we're going to continue tomorrow. And thank you for joining me today. It's always a privilege, a pleasure. And thank you for your support. We need it. These are very difficult times. Our address is box 399 Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Thanks for your support. I'll see you tomorrow.